Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read uh, as I read it. Uh, there's no test schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book. I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for to download and listen to. Um, joining me today, like always these days, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, we are going to be talking about a book which I actually just reviewed a few episodes ago. You did? Well, in fact, I didn't actually review it. No, because, but no, I did. Well, I kind of reviewed it. I said my reaction to reading it, but at the, I just listened back to the episode that we recorded uh, in June oh, about Piranesi. This is Susanna Clarke's Piranesi. I said, look, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna read this and then tell you if you should read it or not, and then if I said you should read it, yes. um, we, you should then read it, and then we'll have the discussion about the book in full, like we normally do once we both read the book. Yes. But I worked out, I thought the podcast could be just the discussion where I say, I think you should read it, or I don't think you should read it. Okay. And halfway through that episode, and that's what the episode was, so it wasn't actually a full review. It was more like, this is Luke's reaction to reading this book, yeah. and why I only gave it four stars when so many other people were giving it five stars, and what I thought about the audiobook and that kind of thing. But yeah. actually, I didn't, I didn't really get into a full review of it. I gave a, a recommendation to many people who would enjoy this book, yes. but I came down on the side halfway through the episode that you shouldn't bother reading this book. But well, then by the end of the episode, you'd convince yourself that you actually really did want to read this book. Well, it was available in the library. Exactly. And there's another one that just came up. What was it called? The uh, the White Space book, which we just read Ancestral Nights, literally two episodes ago. The one we <laughs> did when we recorded it in the tent when there was too much wind. Yes. And you were like, what's this book? It's just come available in the library app. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, yesterday was I was just looking through my to-read list on Goodreads. Oh, that was it. And was. that was on there. And I looked it up and thought, oh, it's on iBooks for two, you know, three euros or something. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, sh- I, I remember that being mentioned somewhere. Should yeah. I not just read it? Yeah. And then I thought, oh, wait a second. Yeah, this is the book that, that I had very mixed feelings about. the yeah. last episode that we recorded yeah. and I totally forgot. Yeah, two episodes ago. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to this one. So I said, um, I don't think this is a book for you, despite it being like one of the highest rated books on Goodread. Actually, let me Pure quickly easy, look. Yeah. Pure and Easy, this mm. is like 4.29. And again, when we look at the star rating, which oh, is yeah, between 3.5 stars and 4.5 stars, that's really highly rated it among is. my friends you know uh, yeah. what is it uh, SFBRP listeners 4.21 pretty much about the same time a 4.2 Absolutely. translates to a definitely a four star book yes. in that uh, in yeah. that rating there people are kind of like agreeing but I thought this could be the kind of book which Luke really likes it's a bit noodling there's not very strong story it's kind of based it's kind of very British book it's based on lots Absolutely. of British things yeah. a bit like what was the one where uh, there was you know there was some stuff with elves in a forest and Jesus turns up and it's all set in the in the south of England um mm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what? There's a guy on a boat, Jesus turns up and there's elves and there's steam engines. I don't know, Pavana. Pavana. Oh, Pavana. Yeah. And that right. was a book where you yes, were just like, I don't know what's going on here. Too many, it's really... too many religious Yeah, uh, it's, But again, some of these books are like, yay, get. Luke, four stars, really enjoys them kind of books, despite yes. not, in, not having the emotional reaction that I wanted from this book, yeah. that I was really jealous of other people. I was like, everyone's giving this five stars, and I don't think it's a five star book because it's not grabbing me in some way. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to go back over this previous episode that we just did about it. But here's the thing. I said to you... Um, 
I'm not sure you should read this. You did. And you said, I'm going to give it a go anyway. It was in the library app. and But you did actually read it like before we went on holiday, which was like three weeks ago. Yeah, you a, finished it's a, it. It's a while ago. Okay, but before you answer, was Luke correct in his, I don't think you should read this? And was Juliana incorrect in her, I'm going to read this book anyway? Yeah. Uh, despite your thing, let's where you can convince yourself around by the end of the episode. I yes. want to do a little bit more follow-up from the previous episode. Oh, oh Because I said, it. I said... Um, the audiobook was fantastic. One of the best audiobooks I've heard in a long time. Um, uh, and I actually have it here. It's um, by Chiwetel Ejiofor. And I was like, I could listen to him do audiobooks all day. It's like, it was like <laughs> honestly, like the perfect book reading, especially for this where there's lots of repetition. Yes. And the way that he does his repetition, he's like getting what the repetition is doing because it becomes like kind of poetic even though it's like journal entries and he's just yeah. writing the date out many times that the date is the year that the albatrosses came to like arrived at the southern halls like you get this over and over and yes. as he said it he would yeah. like lull you in and i was really really impressed by him okay. so i actually then clicked on it before and it turns out it won the audi audio so the audi award winners uh, it was the one of the audi award winner okay so it won an award uh, yeah, the, the, Oscars, the, the Oscars, the Oscars of, of the audiobooks. Books. This is okay. the Audio Publishers Association uh, I, of America, I guess. I don't know where it's from, but uh, uh, it says they announced the 2021 Audio Awards winners last night in a virtual ceremony hosted by actor and narrator John Leguizamo. Uh, and this was back in March. And mm. it says uh, the winners were announced in 25 categories uh, total with highlights including Piranesi by Susanna Clarke, narrated by Chiwetel Ejiofor, being named the 2021 audiobook of the year so literally wow. of all audiobooks that were narrated up to this year or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. like in the, in the past 12 months or however they you know whatever the selection criteria was yeah Piranesi was voted the best book of all of them and okay. so I stand um what did I say? Stand very highly justified in my judgment that saying that this, this is one a, of the best audiobooks yeah. because he is like amazing. And despite some audiobooks that I've read being read by like some big name actors, uh, I think the most uh, the most telling ver- one of this was um, Claire Danes, yeah. who was uh, who was uh, who did the um, the Odyssey. Uh, and I was like, oh, I kind of always having to translate her narration into into what I think those words should be, even though she's saying <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. But I was obviously always trying to like block out what her narration was doing to the text and trying to access the text oh, in its own right. Some, right. I mean, that happens quite often with audiobooks in, in the same way that we just talked about this um, Grand Theft Astro. And, yeah. the, and I was like, oh, I actually had to kind of tone out, like tune out some of that narration to just like... The, the the author wrote it this way mm. I'm hearing these words I'm then converting them into the voice that I think the author wants me to use yeah. and then go on from that but with Piranesi and some of these other books I didn't need to do that and I think Piranesi really elevates it there's this interesting uh, interesting uh, little bit here as well it says um, this is from the uh, panel of judges who were discussing this audiobook it says the reading is a triumph of tone one of the best readings of contemporary literature that I've ever listened to um, said Egan Sedaris so noted I think the reading perfectly complements the author's intent. The characterization is complex. In Chiwetel Ejiofor's voice is appropriately naive and full of wonder. The novel is a bit confusing at first, and Ejiofor masterfully pulls us through the fog. When the book got darker and more thrilling, as the mystery at the centre of the novel was novel was revealed, Chiwetel Ejiofor moved the story along beautifully. And again, mm. you read the textbook, you missed out on Chiwetel Ejiofor's amazing narration. I just want to give him full props I'd, to him 
about I'm, that. I'm really sad. What? That I missed all that. Well, we could have. This could have been. Just imagine if this was our audio book that we listened to on our trip. I was just about to say this could have been a great uh, listening experience together. In but you'd already read the book, and but I already read it. And um, tricky. Well, I that's obviously a thing missed out, and I think if you have not got Audible yet, this is definitely the the book. It's it's a book. Like if you're gonna get, like again, it's it's a one. It'll just it's worth the credit. It's worth spending the money on this book. Again, I would say having not read the text version. Yeah reading like listening to the audio version i think is a great way into this book and me, however re- maybe i would have had a bigger reaction if i'd have read all the words but again i don't know because i've only listened to it i've now listened to it twice oh by the way this is what i wanted to say oh. since like when we were away on our trip i said i read listened to the audiobook back then then Juliana read the textbook and then during the trip that we had i re-listened to the audiobook oh you did all the way through i didn't know that oh yeah so that's what i was listening to you know when we were going to bed and night in the in the tent and i would okay. like the book that i was using to fall asleep to was this book. was this book because i didn't okay. want to start a new book because we were also in grand theft astro yes yeah, so and that no was an confusion. ongoing book so i also yeah. wanted a book that was that i could listen to which wasn't then interrupting that I but understand. you knew i was listening to that because when you were pressing play when you were going to the audiobook uh, book app to press play in grand I theft not, I did not astro, see, astro I didn't. The, I didn't look at it. The book that you were going away through from was um, Piranesi. Oh, Maybe no, I you didn't, didn't notice that. it. I mean, it would have been there. Um, what I try to say here is me, as somebody who has read the ebook, I would highly recommend you listen to the audiobook. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's get into that in a second. The other okay. thing that I said, the reason why I wanted to listen to this was because I was talking about the, uh, uh, this was in the previous Piranesi episode. I said, oh, I want to listen to the incomparable episode where they're going into the Hugo Award nominations oh, they also and the read it. Nebula Award. Mm. Yes, yeah, so they read it. And I hadn't listened to their discussion of that book. Anyway, mm-hmm. on the incomparable episode 565. Wow, they're blowing past uh, SFBRP in terms of episodes done, aren't yep. they? Yep. Been going, they've also been going 10 years now, this podcast, too. Um, our book club returns with a new way to approach this year's science fiction novels shortlist. We're reading all the Hugo Nebula novels in three batches. First up, Black Sun, The City We Became, and Piranesi. City We Became also won some audiobook uh, narration, audio award for narrations mm-hmm. as well. Uh, best fantasy book it was. Um, and so it was uh, Scott, Erica, Aileen and Jason read this book. And I again wanted to see what they think. Weirdly enough, three of them had the reaction to the book, which I was craving for by the end. They had mm. that really bit. They were like, oh, this is definitely the best book that they've read this year out of all the, you know, all these ones. Spoilers, best book, five stars across the board, except for one of them. I uh, can't remember which one it was. Erica, uh, Aileen, because it wasn't, I know it wasn't Scott or Jason. Um, uh, one of them, out of the four, said, I didn't have the emotional reaction that you guys did. It was still a great book. And she was in the same way that I was, like disappointed that it wasn't a, four, a five-star book, and but still gave it, oh yeah, it's still a really great book and four stars. So it, it turns out that um, uh, one quarter of the Incomparable Book Club episode agreed with me. With and everyone was like, else. It's, what? Agreed with everyone no, else. No, agreed specifically with me. Okay. That it wasn't a five-star book. Oh, I see. But she didn't begrudge other people thinking it's a five-star book. Right. But for her, she didn't get the five-star reading experience out of it that it was a bit less. Of course, that's in my terminology. But she, uh, yes. one, one of them, I can't remember it was, Came but say Aileen like that. said that same kind of thing. So I just wanted to check in with that too. Anyway, those are my notes. Uh, those are... That's my follow-up stuff. Since then. Since then. Okay. I've re-listened to the audiobook. I actually do have some more things to say about it. Okay. Um, But first of all, let's hear, was Luke correct in saying Juliana shouldn't read this book? Or was Juliana correct in saying, I'm going to read it anyway, despite your uh, recommendation? And the answer is... 
Yes. What? No. What's What's the answer? Like I just said two <laughs> things. Is it this or is it that? Okay. And you can't say yes. Okay. No, yeah, so no, say which okay. one is is the correct yes, correct position? You were right that I should not read this book. Um, what was the second part of the question? I already forget, forgot it. Um, no, the second part of the question was the other option. Sh should you not have read it based on Luke's recommendation or should you have gone along and read it like you said you would do anyway despite my recommendation? So you read it anyway. I read it anyway. I, I look at it more from this perspective. I went on an experiment. Okay. I went on the experiment of I read this as a person who has never consumed any of the typical British childhood books to be read. Like, I never read The Wardrobe, The Lion, The Witch. What's it? Almost. The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe. <laughs> I never read that book. I never read any of the Narnia books. I didn't read any of the typical what you read. But what I think the conclusion that we came to was that I had one kind of reading experience going into it Uh, knowing that like uh, portal to another world, fantasy portal to another fantasy world kind mm. of play, like kind of book existed. Mm -hmm. um, and that this book was about, you know, like this could have been Chan. You know, there's uh, the Earth, there's Narnia, there's Chan, which is the other okay. one of the other ones in, in Narnia. Sure. And then this could have been like another world that you go through to yes. in the same way of that. But I think just if you know the idea that there is fantasy worlds, like portals to a fantasy world, which there's lots of there's lots of non-Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe stories, which are portals to a fantasy world. Um, you doesn't have to have been that book. There's, no. I'm sure there's lots of other sure, books like it. But I think there are certain tropes and things and symbols and language that um, in, are being used in this book that I don't have a particularly strong connection to. No. Like vestibules. What uh, about a vestibule? I don't know. It's an entrance to a house. Yeah, a vestibule. It's just uh, it's you know like, like a, a a connecting way into a into a room. Yeah, yeah. and see in in the in the German houses that I grew up, that just doesn't exist. No, but it's not. You don't. It isn't. It's not like that. People no, want to. Uh, that's not what British people are getting from reading *Lion the Witch and you, the Wardrobe*. You are saying that. Okay. But it is part of. British culture like I have now been just recently we've been yeah. to the UK yeah. I've been to several houses yeah. and for example your your sister's house right Bethany's house yeah. has exactly that it has this little vestibule thing which okay. is did like did you look up what a vestibule was when you when no, the word came that's up that's just what is in my head is okay. that wrong no, am I, I'm am not I being wrong Uh, It's like this little, she has this glass front door, then you step yeah. into a thing where yeah, you put your dirty boots and Yeah, but it's just, it's just sort of like a, a And room. then you enter the... An antechamber hall or lobby next to the outer door of a building. Yes. And in German houses, that is not very common. Uh, like I'm saying, in German city houses where okay. I grew up in, right. that's just not very common. Like it's very common in uh, in the countryside where you right. want to store your dirty boots and stuff. Okay. So uh, I'm just saying, I think... There's parts of your uh, subconscious culture things okay. that go part, big part into this book. Okay. It, I, I do think that. Yeah, and to be honest, there are a few things when they said um, Battersea. What does that mean to yes. you? Like that, The only thing that means to me is that I once read a book by Joan Aiken, uh, mm -hmm. the something something of Batter Battersea, the castle of Battersea yeah. or something. But it's all a, all they're saying is that's a place, that's just a location in the UK yes. uh, that everybody would recognize if you say the word 
Battersea. And what is it connected to you? What is what comes up when it's just a, it's a, just, just a, a place, place in London? Battersea, Has anything happened? Battersea Power there? Station is very famous. I don't know that. Uh, was it the Pink Floyd? Was it? Uh, I think Battersea actually comes to me. Um, Weirdly, I, there was this novel that I read, or this young, like children's novel that I read, which was set in Battersea, and it was about BMX racing. Or oh, was it? okay. Let me just quickly look up this uh, book. Okay, look. This is Battersea Power Plant. You see, you you recognise this? Look at this, Battersea Power Station, and it's from the cover of that Pink Floyd with the pig flying over mm-hmm. the top of it. Pig flying no, over the top of it. I'm also not a Pink Floyd person. No, but it, also in Children of Men, they actually recreate the Battersea Power Station. Also, no, again, that goes past me. Yeah, because I don't have a cultural connection to it, literally, nor musically, nor. Okay. Place like, but when he said, when he, when in the book he says, does the word Battersea mean anything to you? And Piranesia is like, oh no, I don't recognize that at all. Like, I just know it is it is a place. That's all I know. Okay. Um, also, anyway. another place that's mentioned is Warley Range, and that's actually right near where Nathan uh, lives. My brother lives in Manchester. Yeah. You know, he lives in um, uh, Chalton. Yes. And Warley Range is a, is like that area there. So okay. when the stuff happens there, and he's like saying to Manchester, going to Manchester, Manchester it, University. Y- Yes. all the time it's like again nathan has like that area is where nathan lives with all with yes. uh, uh, Charlton and also Wally that Rain. i like again, i read no it reason before. For you to go for no it. connection okay so, so what i'm saying is th- yeah. that's what i'm trying to say so i did the experiment of a person who has no cultural connection nor like yeah either literature nor cultural nor whatever and um i see this book yeah and i'm very sorry about this i i'm just seeing it in a very rational way and Wait i'm surprised Listen to that, that word again just say that you see it in a very rational rational way okay yes. i think this is going to be a key point and in, it's going to be my a review. key point yeah. in, in my review certainly okay. not not in yours and not in like i literally scroll through the goodreads thing it is yeah. never being mentioned and it never is what rational up, uh the way that i see the book okay i'm just gonna highlight something over there in my notes and then in a minute, I'll uh, I'll, I'll okay. show it to you. Um, so I did read the ebook, and yes, I did come across all those um, diary entry headlines, and yeah. and yes, I did not, and I I totally admit it, I did not read every single word every time it came it started. Like well, I did not read every time the the day of the albatross. That day is the thirtieth day of the eighth month. Yes. Of the year that the albatrosses came to the Southern Halls. And I admit it because it was repetitive <laughs> as hell. And I'm sure if I would have listened to it and the way you describe it just makes it sound like it's a really good uh, thing. Poetic. It's poetic. I mean, but it's not poetic because it isn't poetry. It's not. A, a talented actor can bring out the can, poetry. Absolutely. And if you just read it yeah. and you're just generally reading this book with a certain point of view, it becomes just dull at some points okay and i struggled with that yes i did and um so i did have my struggles and it it, i thought in the middle i thought oh come on come on come on and nothing happened and uh, towards the end it was getting better and i thought ah here we go now yes okay but i i was like really frustrated in bits and pieces because it was just again and again and the statues and the vestibules and the rooms and the statues and the albatrosses and the fishes and the fishnet and uh, yeah 
So I did this experiment and I would say it was time spent, time spent well with language. I think right. the language use was good. It was yeah. good writing. I totally understand and see all that. And also the poeticness of it, Yeah, I also see. But to me, like in the first, like I think one of the first things I asked you, hey, this reminds me so uh, in in a way of Slaughterhouse Five. Right. Oh, that's another book which was read by a with by a movie uh, person who I gave five stars to because I had a huge emotional reaction mm. to it. It was uh, Ethan Hawke. What's the actor's name? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, but I was getting mixed up with yeah. Ethan Hunt, who's Ethan. the Mission Miller. It was is Tom Cruise's character. <laughs> I think it's Ethan Hawke. Is he so? Ethan Hawke read that, yes. and I was like, "Wow, he's doing things which normal heavy audiobook lifting. narrators." No, not heavy lifting. He was doing things with the text, which which uh, audio. I know that an audiobook narrator would make different performance mm. decisions, but yeah. but he's coming up from a like as a from a movie actor, actor doing yeah. like movie acting things and yeah. voice things, and I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is doing something similar here that he the, what he was doing with yeah. this is a kind of perf- like a, like a, a two character performance thing yeah like a, a approach which an audiobook narrator wouldn't do yeah. they would have a voice for this character and a yeah. voice for that character and they just Edge of War is updating the characters a bit better as they go through again i'm not i don't want to like denigrate any audiobook narrators because so mm. often i just want so like again the audiobook i'm listening to at the moment is narrated by john lee and i'm just that's very comfort level audiobook narrator because yeah. I know he's got his very good his straight narration he puts the main character in his voice yeah. and then every other character will have like a different accent and of course this is Revelation Space so there's lots of French people and Russian people you know and, other and things. he's really good and at he that. can do all of that kind of stuff yes but he's he's not doing what Chiwetel Ejiofor is doing it when he's sort of like oh and this person oh I know that you talk oh because you know, wait a second, I told you not to listen to her. Oh, she was talking to the birds. Oh, 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 like this. And yes. I don't know, I can't even, like, I'm now I'm doing an impression yeah, of Chiwetel Ejiofor. But there's like this, he puts, the, like, the lifting so much in and his tilting voice. Yeah. in the voices mm. to for him to go between characters mm. from Piranesi and the other. Like, I was just listening to it, I was like, wow, this is like, amazing. like again, now, again, knowing like since like the second time through knowing that this would won best audio book in uh of 2000 like of 2021 or 2020 and i was listening to it and again i was like wow this really is doing so good anyway i yes. interrupted your thing yes go back did. to slaughterhouse five okay. this reminds you of slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse five because five. yes because of the psychological element in it yeah and i know this is classed as science fiction or fantasy it's fantasy it's fantasy okay for me this was purely a a writing experiment on some mental psychological disorders and i don't like using this word because i don't think it's 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 a good word but what came to my mind pretty pretty soon is ptsd and look i have it here dissociative identity disorder and that was what i was reading the whole book through i was reading about a person that had a traumatic like a, a traumatic experience right and isolated themselves in their head right and and then developed different personas Persona. yeah and, and, and that's it. That's what I read. And this is why everything was lost. Is. I know, but everything <laughs> was lost on me. This is why I said very rational. Yeah. But because I did not have any emotional 
um, like it was always underlying, oh, this is all happening in his head because he had this traumatic experience. But and, here's the thing. Yeah. Slaughterhouse-Five mm. is very specifically about someone who went through a traumatic exactly. experience, the firebombing of Dresden. This is why I said this is... Which is the same thing. I mean, that's that's what um, Kurt Vonnegut also went through. He was there. Yes. Like, that was him. He's I like a, He's like a side character here, there. Yeah. So actually in Slaughterhouse-Five, you actually got like this double layer thing that he, Kurt Vonnegut is working through something yes. by telling a story yes. about Billy Pilgrim who is working, working through, through thing. And yeah, exactly. he is inventing a science fiction story. I know. And the Trelfamalgramarians, what, I can't remember, <laughs> yes. whatever, the, whatever the, the, the alien race is, and he gets taken away and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And he's unstuck in time and going backwards in time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and so what I read yeah. is an author right. working her way through some traumatic experience through this character walking his way through a traumatic experience by isolating himself in his mind. But that isn't what the book is. But can you prove that? Yes, because the book is a portal, is a fantasy portal world where people, where someone goes back through, it, it, it goes into a portal. Like, you mm. can't say every single science fiction book or every single fantasy book is only happening in the main character's mind. Because no, as soon as you say I'm not, that... I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm just saying this, this about one is, this book. No, but again, I because think... No, no, because Life of Pi is that. It Life of Pi is, is uh, Pi went across on the boat, and the only way that he could survive that journey is to believe that he's a tiger, uh, and then he became the tiger, and then all that kind of stuff. That's in the text y of the book. Y yes, it is. And yeah. for me, that yeah. was in this book. But but no, it isn't in the text of this book. That okay. So what is the trauma that he went through? Is it the firebombing of Dresden? Is it being at, at sea for two years in a no, boat? No, that, well, that does never need to be specified. But no, but that's no. It has to be specified. Otherwise, that's not what the book is about. I think at the end, yeah, when he comes out of that, yeah, it is very very detailed that he is literally two different people. Yes. Yes. No, and but, to me that but one of them ha but one of them so but what is the trauma that he's gone through that he's imagining that there's a world that he's been shut off from it, in his journals the trauma is him going into a fantasy world lit a literal fact like through a portal to a literal fantasy world that so the fantasy world can't be the outcome of him dealing with his trauma it just isn't like I know I don't want to like read tell you that you're reading the book wrong but the reading that you have no, of but it this isn't in the telling text. me I think it is there. It is in the text of the life of Pi. And I think it is in the text of of uh, of um, Slaughterhouse Five, but it just isn't in this text. I think it is. Okay. Like, Where do, do you, you okay, want no, me now to? No, like, I I want you I've to convince me of this. You can't just say you can't just say it is. Tell I, me what the trauma is and why him getting out of the trauma includes him drowning the other and a police woman coming and rescuing him. Like, so you're saying the police woman isn't going into a fantasy world. Like she didn't go to the to the prophet and get like, the uh, thing. The way that I read her, yeah. she's a therapist and she got through to his mind. But she Th is a therapist. No, but the other uh, example that we have of her being a hero is her doing police work and going up to the top of a tower and saving someone from jumping off the top of a tower or whatever it was. I, I understand all that, but you can't take away my reading. Okay, so your reading was it's the whole thing is a massive analogy. Yes. 
Okay. And I think... Like, again, if that is your reading, I understand why you didn't uh, uh, didn't enjoy it that much yeah. because that isn't what the book is about. Sure. <laughs> totally. And I did not find it anywhere else, so I might right. totally be extremely wrong... But that, okay, that's no, just no, no. I, I like. I like that you, you that you took this ultra rational, like t- uh, t- taking away the magic of the book and saying that it's all just happening in someone's head. That's fine. I enjoy that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I enjoy that you took that approach to it. I just think if you'd have just accepted that it was a fantasy portal, someone going through into another world. I think maybe it was because because just of the way that this person writes and the way like literally it says on uh, it says on the wikipedia page in the right at the beginning yeah and now i'm just let me get my ipad so i'm reading straight yeah give it a good read um is a mental disorder characterized by the maintenance of at least two distinct and relatively enduring personality states the disorder is accompanied by memory gaps yeah wink wink yeah Beyond that would be explained by ordinary forgetfulness. Right. So was that this is on the Wikipedia page of Piranesi. Of dissociate dis dissociative identity disorder. And that's mentioned in Piranesi. No. The author mentions this in her Wikipedia page about no, Piranesi. No. This I is don't. just something that you've you've just you just diagnosed Piranesi with this condition because he has forgetfulness. He's forgetful. No. He's okay. Let's go back. This is. I'm going to now do the Luke explains the novel to Juliana. Okay. Uh, please, one, one second. Okay, I want okay. to just interrupt okay. here. In this. Yeah, of course. Okay. Literature and poems, and this mm-hmm. is being to- like said again and again. It's poetic and whatever, and it's literature and it's well written and stuff. I think it does have space for interpretation. Okay. And if that is my interpretation. I think it's valid. And yes. even if nobody else, and not even if the author states it herself, I can totally read these things into it. Yes, you can. And now I have not prepared a full kind of paper like, oh, here's, I have proof for this statement here and I have other things that this paragraph proves my point in that way. I have not prepared that because I don't think it's necessary. But here's here's my proof of why I think you're reading this wrong. Your rating for the book is out of five stars. I don't have a rating. Okay. If you would, how much did you enjoy this book from five stars being it's the best book, one of the best books, it was one of the top 1% 1% of books you've ever read and one star being one of the the bottom you know 1% of books you've ever read and some somewhere in between with two and a half stars being like completely average okay. you enjoyed this book two stars exactly so this is why i don't think that you got out of the book what the author wanted you to get out of the book and what everybody else who's getting five stars out of the book is getting out of it because if you did get what they got out of it you would have probably given it higher stars but the way that you go into it and again i'm not saying this is bad i'm the one who said this book isn't for you and that you wouldn't get a a good reading experience out of it because of the language and because of the repetitiveness and because of Again, like maybe because you don't have access to all of the good stuff that comes along with, you the know, good stuff. What? No, like, <laughs> like the. Let me say it this way: <laughs> Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is doing a lot of heavy lifting in here, into the point where the, he calls the other when the, the the name of his like I think it, there was a um like he gives like a little obituary for Ketterly at the end. Um, and he says yep. uh, scientist and magician and stuff. Oh, but there's sorry. no reason that character should ever be called a magician except for in 
the magician's nephew the title character the magician like or the person yes. in the title yeah. i guess the title character is the nephew but the magician is kettley and the person being experimented on is the is the kids anyway is the nephew but he's called a magician and, but he's never really a magician he's like a an occultist or a myth like someone who's looking to myth and things this mm. these these pe- main people um like these main guys who are pushing the plot forward and opening up a way into this uh, power uh, into this um not parallel world or this fantasy realm um, but like but again, w- one one question okay, about here. yeah um the line the witch and the wardrobe mm-hmm. is that about i i literally i did not read anything it's a children's story but, but is a is massive it, analogy for christian faith and yes, jesus and exactly all of so that. there is analogy behind it it is yes. not just about kids going into a, a magical world no 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 no, like, no there is no that um, i was going to say there's no hint that this is ever just happening in the kids heads actually there is a hint that it's happening in their heads because years later they're like oh we always used to play about being kings and queens in narnia and did that really happen and at the end there's actually like i think it's susan in the last book doesn't come back and they're like oh yeah she always thought that these memories weren't real mm. and she just thought we were playing around as kids as kids because the memories of narnia fade and actually and that's kids that's one of the playing, main th- that's one you're of, so absorbed in it yeah uh, and uh, that is actually something that's mentioned in the in the magician's nephew because they come out of these pools in this i was saying before like in, in the hub world between the world between worlds yeah um they come out of a pool and they're like if we go back in this pool we get back into back into like we'll arrive back in london again yeah um arrive back in battersea no <laughs> no dorset uh, yeah i dorset, actually think yeah. I, I caught dorset this out it's also uh, mentioned yeah, there, that's what he said he's an old dorset family yeah and and i looked up on the on the wikipedia page and it turns out ketterly is from dorset you yeah. know and this yeah. is where they come from yeah. in narnia too so it's like oh this is actually in the like ketterly that the the old family who was always interested in you know occult stuff could yeah. actually there is actually a connection there yeah. too but um but they actually when they're going there they're lying beside the 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 um the, this pool that they come out of and they can't remember anything they're like oh yeah what's my name and there's actually forgetful in that book as well yes so forgetfulness is a part of the narnia mythos and this yes. going into other worlds but it's always very clear that this is a story that's actually happening like it's never just oh and it's all in the kids minds again it's hinted at it but it is this you that's not how you read the story it is an analogy for something now if you want to say that this story is an analogy for mm-hmm. coping with with trauma that's fine but that isn't what this book is. This book is someone who's gone through to another world and comes out again. If you want to say the whole thing is it, and that's the thing, in Slaughterhouse-Five and in The Life of Pi, that book is about a character who the character themselves has created an alternate reality for themselves and alternate characters for themselves and ultimate, like in, in Slaughterhouse-Five, like different ways of looking at time and, and conjuring up aliens mm. that he's gone off to visit. And in Life of Pi has conjured up a, a tiger that he's spent some time with in in the boat when actually the other characters are humans, but he's given them, uh, he's given them animal personalities and just to get through that way of doing yeah. it sort of like yeah. oh i'm gonna be, i'm gonna have to kill this person to survive this trip i'm gonna pretend to be a lion and i'm gonna have to pretend that they're an orangutan yeah. to get through the horrific situation that you're yes. in um anyway carry on i think i just remembered what's that that i know now why um why there is this thing why i think that yeah 
and uh, of course now we're in the weeds of this book. We, this is what this episode was for. This episode it, is for getting so in the weeds. I, I can just say straight out because everybody has read this book by this point. Or they, they, or they're just uh, never going to read it. It actually, it doesn't matter because we still haven't got to spoiler parts, and we still. Well, I now any... want to get into okay, spoiler okay, parts. Okay, go this for is it. I'm saying it. Get into the weeds. Um, spoiler on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when our main character yes comes to that to that sect leader kind of guy, the prophet. When the prophet turns up, you mean when he goes to the to the yeah. to the prophet guy. Oh, no, he he goes to to Ketterly and uh, they talk about the sect thing that they are all part of like with all the the, the students who are part of the prophets what's his name i forgot his name um uh yeah i'll just look it up here on wikipedia um what's this guy's name um actually i don't know okay the the, the guy who runs the sect of the students yeah. that our main character is studying for to write this article or this paper yeah, or what yeah, he yeah. writes about yeah he's he's writing a book about the person who is like this uh divergent uh people in academia whatever yes. it is and and i i think um uh, you like you, there is certainly um a level where there literally t- is talked about that this guy um held a person in his house hostage and uh yeah. tortured him or and whatever happened yeah, yeah. to this guy yeah so there is s- stuff mentioned right. that includes trauma to people yes and we get bits and pieces of it and there is stuff just me- missing because the pages ripped out of the diaries and all this kind okay. of stuff we don't get the whole backstory like yeah. we can puzzle it slightly together so okay. I, I do think so you're saying the other is actually holding this guy in a basement and a policeman does come along and then the whole thing is an allegory of him surviving exactly uh, okay that. so you've got to the point where you've actually answered my question yes which is the trauma of this guy is that he is being he's been held in the basement of in back- be he's been some, held in the basement yeah. in Battersea yeah. and he's got this whole thing in his mind. Yeah. Okay. And especially I will take that read. I will the, accept that reading. At the end, uh, when he comes out of it, like he he is being talked th- through by this policewoman. Yeah. She literally talks him out of there. Right. Because he doesn't want to leave. So she talks to him and says, "Hey, come back to the real world and stuff." But he keeps this personality. At the end, right. he is too. He keeps this person that was in the halls. Okay, and this right. is why. And, it, and this yeah. is just the the really strong reading that I get out of all of so this. So you're saying that he was investigating a, a person who locked somebody up in a room for a long time, and then he went to one of the previous associates of this professor, yeah. and to something Ketterly. Something happened to him And there. then Ketterly locked him in a room for that entire time for reasons... Or did something to that, him, that like psychological yeah. but mind no, but stuff. he's been locked away because they say you've been in, in here eight years, and, yes. your pe- and, your, and your family are waiting for you outside. Yes. And then the policeman who comes along... Gets Gets him out, escapes him. Do Talk, they... Talks to him. Talks to him. Yeah. But what? Yeah. But th- again, this is a reading which I'll accept. You could read it this way, but I don't think this is the reading. I like, I like your idea. I like that your the, your insistence that this can this this is a reading. Yes. But and I, I think I there's something else going on. I have not found it anywhere else. And uh, so maybe I like I I probably read some totally. Uh, wrong things into it but this is definitely right from the beginning the vibe i got all right and That's this not is my why vibe. the magic 
all disappeared for me throughout the whole book. Okay. So and I am very sorry about no, I that I like, missed, I I missed like, all that because no, that like made it. this book really heavy on me. Yeah, because everything was, you were reading, you were like, oh, is this guy who's who's being locked in someone's basement and being beaten and being told to rub the lotion on his body? I don't know. Yes. All these kind of like really traumatizing like this because it is about because it mentions this whole like, oh, being by yourself is good or can feel really good. Mm hmm especially if you are protecting yourself and this is this reminded me a little bit of our pandemic situation as well <laughs> everyone um, locked up in, in rooms the way with statues. that i <laughs> kind of in your home with all yeah. the things you have there in in a way that hit really home with me because during the pandemic i figured out that i do like to be not with lots of people and that it's not like I don't like people. I do like spending time with people, but I also like just spending time with myself and like, no, the two of us. I actually yeah. <laughs> really enjoy Aww. the two of us hanging out together. Am I the other? You are, no, <laughs> that would be weird. After I all keeping, I just said. Am I giving you lunch no, in the room? Not. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, but, no, you know, I get you, I get you. Okay, the, so the, this is you've, why this... You've had an, you had a reading this book which made the whole thing a bit of a downer because you thought somebody's <laughs> being... There, again, there, uh, now that you've explained it to me, there is a point, there is a character in the book who does keep someone locked up in a room. Yes. And, uh, and, and that person is damaged yes, after and, they, uh, yes, they that person is very damaged yes. afterwards, yeah. Massive post-traumatic stress yes. and needs to be around big halls. And again, totally fine. But weirdly enough, and it, I know this is difficult to say, that there is actually video evidence of this thing being a real, a real place because one of the students has a video camera and makes a movie of going into these halls. So I would say that's the real thing. However, there is literally within the text of the book, in the journals he wrote before he met Ketterly and was put into this situation, mm. he he was writing down that there's video evidence of this place that he's now in existing for real. Which, again, if you want to also say the stuff that he wrote in his journal before... Could also, yeah. No, but the stuff that he wrote in his journal before he was put in the traumatic th uh, situation is retroactively changed or in the future changed or he, that's the basis now of his current delusion that he's now thinking that he's in the room that this video VHS tape of the person wandering that around these showed. statues or something was yeah. shown or something like that which nobody could find actually where that was or anything like that again yeah. there's there, so again if we put aside this the the evidence within the book that this is actually real and is mm. actually true that's mm -hmm. what's happening and isn't just happening in his head mm. if we put aside all that evidence it could still be happening in his head yes okay that's why i think you're incorrect in your reading it's a valid reading if you want but i think this and i book... couldn't help myself yes, i could I not get myself but out i think of that's it. why you were reading this and it was a bit of a downer and that you weren't enjoying it so much and i think if you would have let it be literally fantasy like uh, it is magic I, I i tried lots of times i know I, I just can't. Did you never have this kind of like you went into a book and then you had a certain thing and then you could not separate yourself from that? Uh, no. Well, actually, weirdly enough, the the second time through I read this, yeah. I was actually kind of self-examining in my mind. Why did I find it a bit too, uh, sometimes a bit unsatisfying? Yeah. And 
maybe I think if your reading was there more strongly, I would have been like, you know, in the same way that reading Life of Pi or Sort of House Five, that this thing is there in the text and it's there to be teased out. Mm. And if you just read it at face value, you don't get the full experience of it. Mm. And if you take it as somebody telling their story in uh, in with with metaphor, with yeah. as a parable, if you know what I mean, like yes. not not telling the true story, but telling the story of how they got themselves through their trauma, yeah. I might have enjoyed it more but i don't think that was in it yes but one thing that i mentioned in the previous episode about piranesi that this he was very forgetful and he was very forgetful and the reason isn't because he was in cold sleep for four years on the way to another planet like you know because we, we mentioned <laughs> yeah. uh, another book which shan't be named because it was yes. garbage um but yeah talking about like having that memory missing and it being very convenient when he started when remembering remember things yeah. like that uh, which i'll get back to that point in a second because that isn't actually what happens here um but uh, and the reason why he forgets it, I thought it was a bit disappointing that his forgetfulness was just magic. And then, you know, as he went through, he, it was about him getting his memory back. Now, this second reading through, I realized that isn't what happened at all because he doesn't get his memory back. Like he remembers, no. like when he goes back into the real world, the words that he didn't make sense to him started making sense to him. Things like university, mm -hmm. Manchester, mm -hmm. uh, policeman, you mm -hmm. know, all these, uh, was yeah. it school or, yeah, yeah. you know, education. Words, yeah. You know, it's like, why does, why does university mean something to me? I know it's about learning, but how, if I learnt everything in the world yes. by statues of the things in the world, yeah. why is it that I know what a university is, that it's about teaching, even though that, that word isn't mentioned here in mm. this world at all? like that um but yeah when he gets back to it he and he never actually remembers anything that happened in his nope. past all he does is reread previous journal entries yes. and this is actually something which i was like ah this is making this book mean more to me because it isn't just someone who regains his memories and what made it more interesting was i was like no he isn't regaining his memories he is reading about what did happen to him and what was the truth of the world and like what happened when he get out but he never regained his memory he never comes like he never meets his family and like yay my sister or my no. parents or anything like that he's just like he's just back in the world the person he identifies with is the person who was previously locked up and taken like, locked up in the basement of the professor of the of the prophet mm -hmm. and going back in and so i actually had like a stronger appreciation of the um how to say it, of the, uh, like, like Susanna Clarke, her strength and confidence as a writer mm. to write a story about someone losing their memory of who they once were and not regaining those memories. Yeah. How many times have you read, some, have read a book where someone has amnesia and the book is about, oh, now I remember yeah. what happened in the past. Yeah. And this book turns out it's, a bit cleverer than I gave it credit for on the first read through. Yeah. And also I was looking out for other things like, oh, it's just magic. The forgetfulness is just magic. And I was, again, a bit disappointed that there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to mm. just magic. And I worked it out. And what I worked out... What is it? It's about what you were saying before, about you were coming into this with a rational view. You were trying to rationality your way into it. No, like, I didn't try that. That's just how my that's, reaction okay, okay, was. Okay, so you was, that wasn't what you're trying to do, but what you ended up doing was trying to have a rational reading of a, of a text about magic. Yes. Now, here's the really important thing. The prophet, who was this cult leader at University of Manchester, yeah. the thing that he was studying was pre-rational, like 
like pre-rational humanity, society, pre-rational society. Yes. What humans were like before rationality. Yeah. And he and Ketterly thought that there was magical power within this thing. Yeah. And here's what. Uh, I'm getting out of this book on the second reading, which I think is really strong and made me appreciate this book about the memory and about, you know, also you're saying, what's the right, I can't get, you know, what I was trying, I was reading this rational rationally and was trying to make rational sense of what mm. was happening. Mm. The, the amazing thing about this is this is magic, which results in our main character becoming a pre-rational human. Yes. So... At yes. every point in the book where he's trying to work something out, he doesn't take a rational approach to solving the problem. He isn't a rational person. In this sense, he's very much... A, he reminded me the way he acts is mm -hmm. so much childlike because mm. he doesn't have that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The, your rationality is based on your memories of you solving problems mm. as an adult. Mm. And there's so many times where like the other is like, oh, will you do this for me? He's like, yeah, I'll do that for you, but it's going to take me a long time and I can't really... He's like, why not? Oh, because, you know, like I, I've only a bare feet. And like, why, why don't you have shoes? And like, oh, my shoe's broke. He's like, well, just say I'll bring you your shoes. Like, he is so non-rational, he can't even work out like anything. And the I only... quite like what you just did with your voice here, by the way. What? What? You put up this. You went up like three, three like, tones no, higher. I'm just doing. Sounded, I'm just doing like edgy a child. Falls. Yeah, I'm just and doing I what think, Chirital Edgeworth doing. And I think what doing. you say now yeah. makes so much sense with my reading. Yeah. Um, and the combination, like I was reading this whole thing, and when it came to the to the explanation of what this guy is studying, yeah, and all this kind of like it, it felt to me like so much like a thing that kept folding back into, into itself. itself yeah and that what you just said opened a few question marks for me that this childlike behavior yeah. like he looks at things and sees needs yeah you know he he doesn't see yeah university and police no, he whatever he sees like some bones and he's things. like i'm gonna look after these bones yes. and, we're, oh, and i'm like oh this yes. is why the first like things, a child it were not no not like a child like a pre-rational human yeah. he is oh, an sorry. adult who has now a pre-rational mind yeah. when he sees something he's much more like an animal mm. he's like maybe Pyrenees maybe there's why it's a half goat half human person mm. is because he is more animalistic now like he's he's connecting with the fawn you know the half goat half man yes because he is now pre rational yes. human he's he's more part animal he doesn't have what, fully mon monkey brain he's more shrew brain yes but in the shrew brain bumping up against monkey brain like yeah. intellect bumping up yeah. against emotion he's seeing these people and he's sort of like oh yeah there's 16 people no was it uh, there's 13 other people the, and like the oh what are 13 yeah. they're like oh yeah this set of bones this set of bones yes the child in the box the, yes. the, the tin man no the child wherever it is the tin man but the man the in the tin box. man box in oh, the, the, yeah, yeah whatever it is. and he looks after those yes. in the same way that when we look back at you know like i'm gonna like cavemen like big uh, big yeah. uh, air quotes cavemen and neanderthals what they do is they like wrap up their dead and you're like oh actually that's what we still do is is in humans like oh we put people in a box and look after them in yeah. that way yeah. and all of our burial uh you know how we look after dead people like wrapping up their bones and putting them in urns and all this yeah. other kind of stuff isn't rational cer ceremonies yeah but those ceremonies come from pre-rational times yeah like when you i have when... one one oh, yeah, other on. example of this at the end he he takes out all his like little 
things that he has put in his hair. Yeah. He takes like the fish it all bones off. and the shells yeah, and all the, the like yeah. he, he prettified himself with the precious little objects that he wanted to carry on himself all yeah. the time. And he put them on to be able to when he goes back to the real world he's like oh yes, I'm going to this is I'm, a bit important thing. I want to yeah. look good and he yeah. puts all this back on and stuff. Yeah. Yes, that yes, that definitely explains the 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 lots of his behaviors yeah. like the way that he um he separated himself from the writer he used to be yeah and and uh yeah he's no longer an academic no like he says i used to be a scientist or i used to be a person of science and he still thinks he is yes. and he's keeping track of all the statues like he's making journals and like log entries about all yeah. the statues yeah that's in another book we don't read that book yeah. but he's he's got an amazing brain he's cataloging everything he's yes. keeping track of statues and the stars and the, and and the, the tides, tides yes. all of that kind of stuff yeah. so he has rash some rational skills or he has some he can do calculations but he things. uses that for his immediate needs which in a, in a non or pre-rational yes, kind definitely. of way. Um, yeah. Ketterly, or the other, um, he's saying he, uh, this is from the Wikipedia synopsis, uh, Piranesi works with the other in search of a great and secret knowledge hidden within the house. Here's the thing. There is no, and he even comes to the conclusion, there is no great and secret knowledge in the house. Mm. This great and secret knowledge is the house loves me, the house cares for me. Of course, it does. Like it doesn't in a way, because otherwise it would bring him shoes, and yeah. it doesn't bring him shoes, yeah. you know. Um, but he he kind of like pre-rational, like non-rationalizes things away, and that is true. It's actually true. What the what the prophet and what the other were looking for, which is this great and secret knowledge of what comes to you with with pre like as if you were acting like a pre-rational person, is this forgetfulness and this letting go of past trauma, if you want to say to it like yeah, that. Yeah, you're living of, in the moment. You're the purely living in the yeah. moment. That the loss of memory isn't just some like byproduct of like oh, isn't it convenient that he has he keeps a journal but he also loses memory no this is what pre being a pre-rational human is mm. it is not thinking things through it is not learning from the past uh, they even say oh this is the third time you've asked me about this you know when you you know or whatever the question whatever the thing is yeah. I'm like oh yeah I've explained to this four times before and yeah. it's also not learning when you see the 16th person don't talk to them what does he do just goes and talks <laughs> to them like yeah. you know all this kind of thing and, and like oh I wrote a note and I didn't want to or you wrote me a note and I didn't want to read it so I kind of rubbed it out, but I didn't rub it out. Like, you know, but it's, that. Like, like, it's kind of like watching a movie and then yeah. putting your hand in it your is, front of it. It's exactly what the childlike like, thing yes. of doing is like, oh, I'm not watching you, uh, but I'm looking at you through yeah. my fingers. You know, you don't want to see this, but I do want to see this. Yeah. So that is what this book, that's the thing that really jumped out to me on the second reading, which was the, what the what the prophet, the original person, this original cult leader, which I, we should have looked at the names so we yes. can talk about them better. I'm sure it's there on the Wikipedia page somewhere. It isn't because I just looked. Oh. Um, either way, that person, he was investigating what the power of pre-rational man was mm. or like what power came with pre-rational men or what what was what was what came out of being pre-rational yeah and the realm that he went into was pre a pre-rational man where there was no writing there was only objects mm. there was no there's only nouns in that in that world there are no concepts there are yeah. no like he's like what is a university and the only noun is 
teacher and students or whatever the nouns are yeah. but there's no nouns based on concepts there's only no. ba- nouns based on things the statues there's because no statue the of any concept there are, there there's only, only things of, yeah there's yes. only things yes. in a pre-rational world there are no concepts of learning there are no concepts of university yeah. there are only the a teacher the prophet the 16th no, man yes know. there is no concept of society either hmm. because there is no society yeah it's just him and i think parts of why this book like i sometimes really struggled that like what this book really did really well yeah it con it it transported how how it felt it felt cold yeah it felt like yeah you felt like you were there it felt like i was there and it i didn't like it and (laughs) and and i think um but didn't you feel that the house loved you no no. No? No, because the uh, house didn't love you. No, it didn't. Yeah. Because it was just there. The house was just, just nature. It like, was just there and it, it was um, it, it was existing and things like it was cruel to him in, in the natural sense that yeah. nature is cruel. It yeah. doesn't care about you. So th- this is more that how I felt. And this is why... Um, that added to all of these levels of why I... Yeah did not enjoy it in on this level. I enjoyed it in other things, right. as I said, in the language and the way that it, it did convey everything to me. I was like, I was there with, with this guy, but I, it wasn't a pleasant experience for me. Yeah, okay. Because of that. I get it. And, and what you just said, just kind of for me, um, helps or like makes the things a bit more more it gives it more sense yeah to my reading yeah as in that if like i what i would love to do is i could, would like to like if i would be in university spending time doing these kind of things i would go, yeah. go back and actually get get out all the individual like what he did when when he ripped up when when he yeah. found the ripped up pieces yeah, i would love to jigsaw to get, it back together what jigsaw you're reading back is, together yeah. and take all the all the things about this this prophet guy this cult leader guy all the things that were about him and take them separately and looking at them separately and yeah. then taking all that and applying it to piranesi in his situation because i think there's so many parallels there right like this whole um psychological experiment uh, things that this professor was doing yeah applied to Piranesi and you would see so many things yeah uh, but then okay. of course it goes even further away from the oh it's all magic and there's a no, house there is magic step but through the, the magic and but whatever. the magic is the moment in the in the in the Narnia book where they wake up and they can't remember what they they are because they're in this magical realm where mm. you know where uh, the world doesn't exist yet you know yes. they're this place between world they're, and, they're and not in a magic realm they're in a place between a, between somewhere where there's magic and yeah. b- where there's somewhere there's not magic there was this other one scene where he goes out to one of the rooms and then he looks through it and then he, he's kind of like peeking out into like an alleyway yeah behind a pub yeah and he has people talking there and stuff do you remember that scene in this book yes in this book there's this like goes to a place and there's people talking behind a pub Yes, like he, there is one like that was like kind of one third through the book. Yeah, that's the first time we are getting a glimpse that yeah. there is an outer world. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And 
and so that that was like really really strange and like i didn't understand what what this was happening yeah. and stuff but it's like all these kind of this makes me made me think even more of like a po person like in a in a coma or like a, a, somebody who shut down the outer world you know this kind of thoughts adrian and tchaikovsky also wrote The Doors of Eden, which was about lots of worlds with portals between them. Yeah. And there's, a, there, again, there's somebody else who grew up with Narnia and was like, here's my take on Narnia, or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I again, I think that if these things exist, you, you just take those as part of portals through to another uh, to another magical world. And I think if I would have read more of these books... Maybe. Maybe well, I maybe would... Maybe we should do Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Maybe I think we it, should. I think we should do it. We should do Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. Um... And then just do uh, the 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 uh, magician's nephew because to be honest, it's like. And then we should read the other ones, but nah, it really it really peaks with like the first book is like language and the wardrobe is the one that's most magical. Mm. Could also do the, uh, the the some of the boat ones, the uh, Prince Caspian and, and uh, uh, unfortunately, of the I think I'm missing out so much because I didn't read it as a child. Again, if we read it now. It might not hold up, but you know the Hobbit holds up. You know it's it's all from that same era of of, uh, of yeah. Uh, yeah. kids' fantasy books. Yeah. All right, I we've gone on now for exactly an hour. Yes, I just want to wrap up this 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 discussion of it by okay. saying the key to this discussion is what we got to here in the last fifteen minutes was when I was talking about pre-rationality. Yes, and. In the previous review, or when I was talking about this before, I said there wasn't one thing which really hit home with me. On th there's these three like axes which yes. are on work in the book, like which which make me push it up to being a five star book. One of which is an emotional reaction to something that's going on in the characters. Yeah. One is uh, an intellectual, like oh, this is really clever and mm. is working really well, like doing something which I've not seen a writer do before. Mm. And the other one is like entertainment, sort of like st plot based kind yeah. of thing, like oh, that was a really clever plot and I really enjoyed what happened and the twist was really good. And this in the in my first reading mostly failed at all of those like I really wanted that flowers for Algernon thing mm. of like oh somebody can't remember or somebody is then taking this emotional journey and by the end they have you know they're losing their they're memories and they yeah. don't know who they are anymore and he's turning up places and he, and he doesn't have the intellect and you know there's me weeping in my bed you know after <laughs> yeah. reading the book for the third time you know and I didn't get that or some of the other things you yeah. know some of these yeah. other books which I give uh, I've given five stars to they have to like break through on one or more of those axes and I felt mm. That this was a four-star book because it was giving me everything that I wanted, but not really breaking through on any of those levels. And I think on the second read-through, I think I appreciated more intellectually what was going on once I realized that it wasn't a story about somebody re regaining their memory. Yeah. And I latched onto this this book is reading about someone with a pre-rational mind or their mind is like they're living in a world, they've accessed this this dimension or this portal into this fantasy world. And the magic that exists there is it turns anyone who stays in that world long enough, it mm -hmm. turns them into a pre-rational person. Yeah. And the the great and powerful knowledge, or the, what is it called? The great and secret knowledge that they're looking for, a great and secret knowledge, isn't anything except staying here long enough and you're going to become a pre... You're going to end up with a pre-rational mind. Yeah. And that's why Ketterly uh, only ever stays for an hour at a time because yeah. he knows the danger. Mm. And the... Um, and the previous person who was kept in there a long time, who mm. was experimented on, mm. in this case by the prophet and not by Ketterly, he did lose his mind, you know, he and he didn't regain it. And that's the person who became a uh, a caretaker at Manchester City Hall. Yeah. Um, 
the person who they found that they thought had been locked up in a cupboard yeah. for a long time. And he obviously had been, but he had been taken over into this other place and dumped off there until he was unhealthy because he couldn't look after himself. Again, that's all very much in the book. But yeah, I think that the great and secret knowledge is it makes someone pre-rational to the point where what's this Wikipedia page that you've got open there? What's what's the Dissociative page? identity disorder. Yeah, this dissociative, it's the same kind of this magic creates in someone who is it creates someone who is no longer rational or it makes someone reflect or like become what a pre-rational human would have would be would have been would be in our time would be in our time but they're not in our time they're in their own own parallel and Mm. that kind of pushed me through with the intellect part of this book Mm. i was like ah this is something clever which i didn't which was in my head when i read it for the first time but in the second read through Mm. i again i really enjoyed the audiobook narration i yeah. wasn't disappointed with what the st- where the story went because i knew where the story went i wasn't disappointed that it wasn't just a guy wandering around and keeping track of things because i was kind of like you said oh at the end of the book it kind of picks up a bit and i was like oh i thought at the end of the book it kind of went down because i actually just liked him you know going around and counting minotaur statues yeah. um i kind of wanted more of that but yeah with in the second time through my expectations were set at a four-star book but i discovered something a little bit more mm. so i'd actually give this a higher rating not a five-star rating by any means on the second read mm. through but it is one of those books where because i i went in looking for one of these three things it's sort of like why aren't i why aren't i getting the story like why isn't the story doing enough for me why aren't i having the emotional reaction that i want and mm. why aren't i being satisfied intellectually actually by going in weirdly with this intellectual rational approach mm. i actually found and I found something more in this book which yeah. kind of slipped by me the first time through maybe because I read it and a few times I was falling asleep when I was reading it I think I mentioned <laughs> that before and yeah. I didn't keep, keep checking was, was that in my dream? No, Roger yeah. Federer yeah. couldn't have turned up in the actual <laughs> book and it turns out no, no, that was in my sleep Yes. Um, so yeah, this time I got a bit more out of it but I still only think it's a four star book okay. unfortunately because again it's my second read through Now um, after an hour of talking about this book yeah. and I said you asked me in the beginning how many stars I would No, give, I asked you that like, like a, the three quarters of the way through this yeah, episode. But but that yeah. felt kind of like at the beginning. Um, <laughs> Before the most important discussion of yes, the podcast. Um, and I think I think now talking about it, it's always the same. If I talk about something long enough, I uh, I can make myself an opinion. This is how I work. Right, okay. Um, and I'm really... So for three and a half weeks since you read this book, you haven't had an opinion, a, f- a set firm opinion of the book? no. Because I didn't know what it was doing with me. Okay. And I think now have, uh, that I have talked about it and now yeah. that we have a discussion about it, I think actually I, I need to rate it higher because it did stuff to me and it did, I did see something and I did um, maybe see something in a different light than other people. Yeah. But I still think it is a very good book. It, it does very well what it does. So I do think... And and it's really difficult. I don't think a star rating is kind of giving it. Um, it's okay. You don't have to give it a star giving rating. Giving it the kind of appreciation I have for mm-hmm. it, because it, if I now give it three stars, it feels oh, this is a three star book. It's yeah. like, hmm. and, and it's really tricky for me to. No, but put here's the into... thing. Here on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast, yeah, we give book ratings based on our subjective enjoyment of reading the book. Yes. 
like from the time that you start reading the book until the time that you stop reading the book, up until the time that we start discussing the book on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. You've got to give me your your based on your subjective enjoyment of the book up until I press record on this podcast and we started recording the podcast. Boo. Because you can't so, suddenly say I had a really fun uh, conversation about that because now you're you now you're giving the Science Fiction Book Review podcast episode about Piranesi four stars, and that's just not no, the way it should no, work. No, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is is I I give I I give the bit more dialectiveness. It's a weird. I, said, <laughs> I just kind That's of good came up with this <laughs> word, but um, because I only have thoughts in my own head, and they can only go so far, and I don't have multiple people in my head, but I need other other feedback for my thoughts to make my opinion. I know this is weird to to say, so I do think um, our discussion adds to my opinion of the book. It, uh, yeah, but it's only adding to your later intellectual opinion about the book rather than your enjoyment of it reading was, the book it's at the more, time. It's more adding to my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's cool. And it, it left me confused. And yeah. now it, now it the feels more The like... confusion is going up. But did you enjoy that confusion after finishing the book or did you not enjoy the confusion after finishing the book? Um, no wrong or right answer to this. I'm not looking for something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's really tricky. I think I when I started when we started this episode, I was very angry at the book. Okay. <laughs> and I kind of have come to my terms with it more. And uh, I I think it is. I think now looking at it, I think it wasn't a successful experiment for me. In a way, yeah. But here's the other thing. There's sometimes when I was like, "Hey, you should read uh, Children of Time uh, again by Agent Tchaikovsky." Yeah, it's it about yet. spiders in space and this long-term thing. And I was like, "Oh, but before that, you should read A Deepness in the Sky yeah. by Werner Vinge." Yeah, uh, because you just started and, didn't and we didn't finish it. And I was like, "Oh no, actually, you shouldn't go back." So Naomi, I could have said before you read Piranesi, you really need to read um, uh, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe and The Magician's Nephew. But yes. then if you do that, I feel like I'm prime priming you to enjoy or priming you with knowledge or imagery that you yeah. that you should have and again this is not me priming this is this will be me artificially priming you yes. with this stuff rather than in the book where they just sort of like have the little um what's the the, the uh um the first the intro or the what do you call that book in there uh at the start the, of the book where they have not a the quote. epilogue no not no, the, the uh, uh not the prologue epitaph epitaph no. is that the word yeah i think that's the word epitaph okay. i think Ep- that's it yeah Epitaph. Epitaph is the a phrase or form of words written in memory of a person who has died. As, oh, no. No, no not that's that. not. No, that's not. Whatever. You mean that's just a headline, like the, <laughs> no, the diary are, entry. What is it? What, what is the thing at the start? Anyway, whatever it is at the start of the book, which is just a quote from somebody else's book. Yeah. And that quote from somebody else's book is a line from The Magician's Nephew. Yes. So it isn't that isn't me saying that this book is... It's is, the is, author. Yeah, it's the author saying, hey, here's my spin on, on a Narnia-like tale. Yeah. Um, where the magic is, yeah, deductive or reductive. Reduceth. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Yes. But, um, so yes, um don't have anything else to say okay so let's give let's do this one a, a no rating yes should we give this book no rating from you yes because I we, can't, we average out the ratings i'm I giving this book four stars again <laughs> but you don't want to say it's a three star book or a two star book do you yes no i don't want because it doesn't give it credit okay sometimes a book isn't for you liana but she doesn't want to give it a low rating because she feels bad about the book 
Oh, she feels bad about not wanting to offend the book. Yes, because because in a way it it, it is not a two star book. It is not a three star book. It is out of uh, the rating thing. It's an it's outside of Juliana's reading experience. But again, weirdly enough, this is why I said this book isn't for you. <laughs> I didn't think no, you but I think we it. did have a, a really really good no hour and a it's hour and ten minutes. Great to have, and podcast. I'm really pleased that we did this because it gave me another opportunity to reread it. Like to, it's only a six hour audiobook, and I'll go yeah. back and listen to a six hour audiobook again, no yeah. problem at all. Yeah. That's why I've read. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, the what? the book. Um, more. I more am legend. <laughs> that's why I go back to and read some of these books right. again. It's like, oh, I am legend. Yeah, that's only like six hours old. Book. I'll give that another go and end yes. up giving it another go. So, yes. uh, all right then. Let's wrap it up there. Okay. This book is a four star book, and Juliana's rating doesn't influence Luke's rating no. of it. No, it, and uh, it, it shouldn't. Again. So, what's that? An hour and 20 minutes? An hour and 10 minutes, minutes. Uh, 11 minutes. Okay, let's wrap it up there. If you've enjoyed this episode, please uh, tell us about it. Go over to the uh, SFBRP listener group on goodreads.com. That's the best way to do it. And and chuck something in. Tell us. There's a a, a thread called episode feedback. If you you are a person out there who also has not the... particular oh this is a five-star book reading yeah. experience just yeah. tell, tell us about it tell me about it's it it's okay I, not to have a again i'm I craving also, for other people's opinions <laughs> i don't begrudge anyone giving this five stars and lots of people are giving no, it five stars absolutely that, i also don't begrudge people giving it two stars because i knew that if you read this book you were get, it was going to be for Juliana. i was predicting this is going to be a two-star reading experience and i sh- don't think you should have done it and in the end the experiment worked out luke can sometimes judge what Juliana will like yes um, so right that's it uh, yes you can email me luke at juggler.net you can follow me on twitter instagram as well both of, I'm at luke burridge at both of those places Julian yeah. oh, is one, at j-u-k-u and instagram and twitter too What's I think up? here it fits really well What's if that? you want a, a free audiobook and haven't signed up for Audible yet. It turns out audibletrial.com, Audible is switching their system <gasps> over oh. to a new kind of thing. So oh, I, I'm not going to say, in fact, I need to go and do a search and a place on every single episode description so far because the link to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBIP doesn't work at the moment. Oh, no. No, no, don't be oh, no. It's just okay. that's what happens I mean, I'm time. saying that about the work that you need to put it. No, to. no, it's really easy. It, there's there's a WordPress plugin, plugin which just looks through the database and replaces it. So, okay. uh, so here, if I click on this, audibletrial.com, com sfbrp can't find server fails okay. to open oh um, well so no, uh, no audible uh, there, i don't know the way to to get a, a free audiobook via audible trial because they're again they're ch- switching the system over to a okay. new system well so uh that's fine and then. on the latest one look here i actually i actually uh, deleted that off there so yeah i need to update the th- posting but anyway i do recommend the audiobook chiwetel edufor does a great job on it and yes. really contributed to my enjoyment of this book. That's good. All um, right. That's it. Yeah. Check out future past episodes and also future episodes. And also, yes, I released a bonus, some bonus audio of me and Sid, Sid Arthur, um, who is a, is a, an AI professor. He actually appeared on the SFBRP last year when we did a he special did. episode, yes. how and why we SFBRP. And he wanted advice of setting up a new science fiction book review podcast or a, 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 a podcast where he talks about science fiction. And we said to him, concentrate on you, what you can bring to a discussion about science fiction, which is, yes. you know, being what literally makes, an associate professor, professor in artificial intelligence and, you know, modeling and data. What is it? Computer science, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, so we've actually set up a, a joint project with um, funding from his university, mm. which is the, we've called it the 
a AI sci-fi nexus, nexus where we talk about science fiction in no we talk about artificial intelligence and its representation in science fiction and uh, and how it bounces off each other. We recorded the pilot episode. There's going to be pilot episode part two, which is going to be the discussion where mm-hmm. Juliana is going to join in and yeah. some of his. PhD students, is that correct? I can't remember which way around it goes. We're going to join in the discussion of the life cycle of software objects by Ted Chang. So you can check that out. It's a few episodes ago in the sfbrp.com feed. Also, you can see the video episode of that on my YouTube channel. That's Mm -hmm. youtube.com forward slash Luke Burridge. And then it's like the third video back or something. So check that out. There will be in the future a specific feed for it. It's not just going to come up here. So (laughs) it will spin out into its own podcast. Uh, And that's, like I say, a new project, which is going to run for this, this semester these next uh, these next five or six months or whatever it's going to be yeah um, it's an interesting project so uh, I'm really really uh, happy with the first episode of course it's going to evolve as we go through but the first episode is good and if you want to be part of that discussion drop me a line and uh, again at the moment it's mostly for like Juliana to join in and and uh, Sid's uh, students but we will be opening up in the future for other people as well once we're past the pilot stage um, it's not just going to be books we did a short story or novella in the first one and it's gonna, we're going to move it on to to, um, we're going to talk about some movies mm-hmm. uh, which feature artificial intelligence and maybe some TV shows and uh, and some other things as well. Great. And we're not quite sure. So it's going to be uh, not just not it's just in books. development. It's 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 in it's in process. So I'm really cool. happy with that. That's a fun project too. Um, anyway, that's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.